on this week's show. Half the job is done. Sheppey United can celebrate their promotion to the Isthmian League. We hear from manager Ernie Batten. It's something that you know we've, we've set our sights on right at the start of the season and we're close. Battling at the bottom, Russell beaten by Sheppey at the weekend, but boss Jimmy Anderson is still confident of survival. And yeah, it'd be between us and, and Lordswood, they've got a good run of games. We've got a good run of games. Anyone can beat anyone on the day in this league, so here's where it is. Back in the dugout, delight for Neil Smith, even though his first game in charge of Cray Wanderers ended in defeat. Oh, I loved it. It just meant I could shout. <laughs> you know, when I'm at home, I'm getting shouted at. And eyeing a chance of Wembley. Luke Coulson discusses Bromley's current run of form. It's huge, absolutely huge. I, I wouldn't like to compare, but it's probably even more important to, to not league players because it is such a such a dream to get there and maybe once in a lifetime. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. We're a bit late this week, it's entirely my fault, uh, but hopefully it'll be worth the wait after another great week across the county. We've got four interviews for you to enjoy, including the first side in the county to be promoted this season. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who after events in Staines over the past few days is bloody glad this isn't a Surrey-based podcast. On the line now is a man who would definitely slap someone across the face for a not even remotely funny joke about his wife. It's Matt Gerard. how are you mate? Good, yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, yes, um, Will Smith and things like that. Some people said it was um, all uh, scripted. Do you think that's the case? Or well, you just can't go around slapping No, and, and I mean, obviously, he, they asked him, apparently they asked him to leave the Oscars, didn't they? And uh, they, and he's issued that long apology and everything. But, you know, it, it, it did look a bit fake. Funny enough, I was... I had a bit of a restless night on Sunday night, so I was actually sort of awake. And the first thing I saw was, um, I think I saw a tweet from Gary Lineker referencing it. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? So then I started looking at it and it was like, yeah, he's, he's it him. But then, you know, that's not how you hit someone, is it? I mean, I'm no expert in it. I don't go around whacking people. But, you know, if you're going to walk on the stage at the Oscars and smack someone, you, you do it a bit better than that, don't you? Well, as he did play Muhammad Ali, surely he must have had a, it was more of a slap than a punch. And that, or you'd have thought he would have, Full, full effect but no maybe well maybe yeah maybe he doesn't know how to punch people I don't know so yeah strange one there and so you know people where do you stand on these things but I said to my wife if somebody offended you would you want me to go and punch them no because I can stand up for myself so that was her words were so there you go not that I've never punched anybody because I am an ultimate wimp yeah, a very nice man, actually. Never mind the, the wimp thing, but you're just too nice. There's no way you'd, you're going to go and start no, no, whacking no, 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 people no, no. down down outside the shutdown Rooks the Butchers, is there? No, not in, not in Broadstairs Town, no, yes. No, so a bad week of the Broadstairs, because Rooks, Rooks was shut down, and two yeah. doors down, Chinese on fire. Oh, no. That part of Broadstairs um, had a bit of a nightmare there, really, so... Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, so not a good bit for that corner. So what we'll take over from Rooks. It's a nice store in Broadstairs, right on the corner. Absolute institution, wasn't it? Rooks across the county. Um, like I remember, you used to go to the one in Sittingbourne and get bits and pieces for lunch and everything. And and well, if I told you, know. you my Rooks story, my mates used to work there in Dover. No, go on. Right, basically, of course, when I was a kid, well, young day, sixteen, seventeen, a few of my mates from school worked in Rooks. So before. I went up to Crabble, of course. You'd wander down the town, looking at our price and things like that. And then you go to Rooks and I'd say to them, in fact, one of the guys actually listens to the show. I won't give his name out because he could from there. But you'd go in and say, oh, I'll have a sausage roll 
thank you, Bob. And you'd come out with four sausage rolls, three apple turnovers, and that bacon, bacon, the burger puff, all for 18p. So one day they go out of business, because this was like 30 years ago, we'd go in there with absolutely, for 18p, which I think the sausage roll was probably then, with loads of food. So you, you, you can't beat a burger puff, can you? I mean, that that was the the creme de la creme of the rooks, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. To be fair, even though it was my mates in the meat trade who listens as well, so and he told we don't really use rooks. He didn't really rate them. So all the time we were in Broadstairs, we never went in there, never brought our meat from them. So um, we're probably one of the people who put them out of business. So uh, yeah, it's a sad state of affairs, and hopefully the, the shop will be sorted out. But I do feel sorry for the people who lost their jobs. Yeah, and those burger puffs again. I'm going back to them, but I, I dread to think how many calories were in them. If you've never, uh, if you've never had one, you, you can probably guess the premise of it. But it was basically a burger covered in pastry. Sometimes you could get them with cheese in as well. So it was a cheeseburger puff with ketchup. There must have been 700 calories in in there in that sort of thing. Yeah, not the healthiest of lunches, was it? I think that, but yeah, it's a, a Kentish institution, and it's gone. So, um, so. Uh, various stories going on around about them which of course i'll tell you off air absolutely yes we can't we're not allowed to mention that uh on the air and obviously the things that we can't really talk about on the air uh what i mentioned earlier on as well about stains football club uh not even going to remotely go there well no i did that was the that was a crazy crazy statement of, um from them and it really stepped me up we mentioned them a few times because they get absolutely tonked every week don't they but yeah yeah nice not again because of course being there the ground it's right on the river. Got a few issues. Uh, I want to do that. I feel sorry for Staines Town. We don't want to see clubs going out of business at all, do we? So there you go. No, but it turns out their appalling results on the pitch were probably the least of their problems. Uh, anyway, it's our 209th episode this week, and 209 is the area code for parts of California, including Sacramento and Yosemite National Park. Uh, there was also an exhibition called 209 Women in 2018, showcasing 209 female MPs, although my research seems to suggest there was actually only 208 of them at the time. Uh, there are more that now, though, and fascinating, there are three current female members of parliament who have been in Parliament for more than 30 years and there'll be a fourth one joining them in May. That's quite an achievement, isn't it? Harriet Harman? Harriet Harman is the longest serving. She was elected, I think, in 1983. Uh, Diane Abbott? Diane Abbott, of course. Uh, I think the other ones are Margaret Beckett. Oh, yeah, she's been, yeah. And uh, it's I think it's Andrew Eagle is going to be the next one uh, who will they be joining like in. Well, yes. The first yeah, apparently, more than fifty percent of Labour's MPs are female. Oh, interesting. Oh, fair yeah. play to them there. I don't know yeah, if they're well, getting we... well. They get let's in? not go, let's not get into that either. We do, we don't do politics on this show, do we? Oh no, jeez, no. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, right then, on with the actual football show, and let's start with an interview going out before Tuesday night's game. So it's a bit of a pain, really, because on Tuesday night, victory at Crowborough, coupled with Glebe being held to a draw by Deal meant that Sheppey United's promotion from the Southern Counties East League was all but confirmed. I mean, they're promoted, let's be honest. Uh, I saw Sheppey win at Rustle on Saturday, a 2-0 victory with both goals coming in the second half. And I started by asking Manager Ernie Batten about that win. No, we, we got the job done and it was exactly that. You know, the, the day, I, mean, I don't know if you've been out there, but there's, there's a lot of sand on the pitch. The, the surface was really extremely poor, to be honest with you. So it was always going to be hard to try and play our football. And, and we played in little bits and bobs, but... Uh, the important thing today was getting the job done. 
first half was particularly difficult, wasn't it? Because obviously they're a team who's fighting for their lives and they just didn't want to lose today. No, you've got to give full credit to them. I thought they battled really hard, worked hard, uh, made it really difficult for us. I think they put their lives on the line. They, you know, they headed and kicked everything away. And of course, you know, they stayed in the game. It, it looked like it was going to be one of those days because Chatham were, were not winning for a long time. You weren't winning for a long time. But in the end, you've both won. And, and I guess the sort of march towards the top two continues. It does, yeah. It's getting exciting now, isn't it? It's, it's sort of a countdown from six. So, um, you know, five left. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it, both sides are, are very good teams and that. And, you know, I'm sure it, it could go to the final game. It, it's looking like top two will probably be enough for promotion. It, 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 you'll be delighted with that. But I guess you'd want to win the title. Well, I think when you come this far and you've played, you know, you get down to the last five games and, you, and you've got a chance of winning it, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, we've, we've set our sights on right at the start of the season and we're close and, um, you know, us and Chatham, and they'll feel the same, you know, they, they, they're, they're trying to tick the games off and that and, you know, it's all down if one of us slips up, it's as simple as that. Realistically, you could get 102 points and not win the league. Well, I think that'd be crazy because I think I was looking um, at the past seasons. I think it went back to 2010. Just, just I had nothing to do one day, and uh, and I think the, the average win the league happened somewhere between uh, 85 and 93, 94 points, and you and you guaranteed to win the league. I think, but uh, you know, as you say, we get 102 and, and and be runners up, which is which is nuts, really. But well, that does kind of show, I suppose, how well both of you have done this season. Yeah, I think so. I think you know it, it's it's we, we've had the squads. I think it's a squad game when we're playing so many games. Um, we've managed to go with the cups as well, so we've we've you know we've gone for everything, um, which is always a bit of a risk. You know, I'm in mean, Chatham. I think they they played uh, with some of their their reserve or squad players in them games and that and got knocked out. Um, but we wanted to carry on and, and see how far we could go with it all, and um, it's worked for us. I suppose you could end the season with with, with the cups and, and every every trophy is brilliant for Sheffield United. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we had a bit of a rebuilding job to do in the summer. Um, we lost a few players and, um, and, and you know, a few key players, to be honest with you. And uh, we, we did that. And even when the season started, we're still looking to bring in players. And we've had to do that during the season to, to keep numbers. We've got a few injuries and also to bolster the squad. Deal on Saturday. It's a, a, a tough game. They're, they're a really good side. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we've, we've the home games now, although we've got a good home record, we find in that people come to us and there's four or five hundred there and fantastic surface to play on and they, and they raise their games you know 20 or 30 percent so I always say to lads look we're playing X today and uh, stick on 50 percent for their performance because we've, we've got to raise our game and, uh, and make sure you know that we reach, reach our levels consistently every week to make sure we get the points. Do you, do you think it is one of those where teams do really raise their games because they want to have the scalp of, of, of Chatham and the Sheppey? Absolutely I mean I go and watch I'll go and watch I mean Stephen will tell you he sees me at regular regular, regular games I go and watch our opposition you know as much as I can um, and sometimes I'll go and watch a game and I think, yeah, we should be okay. And then I see, the, and then they come to us, and I'm thinking, wow, this isn't the side I watched on Tuesday night. No, they really do raise their game. So, but then you're there to be shot at, and we would expect that, you know. And if you, and if you're going to be the team that wins it or, or, or gets in them top two, then you know you've got to overcome them obstacles. I just find obviously towards the end of the of the game, with a few unsavoury scenes, and, and you've lost a key man for a few games. It, it's difficult because obviously they were all sticking up for for the goalkeeper, but I guess you, you you need to drill into players. They can't react like that. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's very rare for us to get anybody sent off. First I'm, of the season. It's the first of the season. Yeah, you know. So we, I, I do talk about discipline a lot of the time, you know, and the lads know that. But it's just a flashpoint. I mean, 
you know, they're all good friends, you know, they're, they're good mates and that, and they see their teammate with an elbow, get elbowed, and um, they react to it, and uh, before they know it, and then he's sitting in, uh, Elga's sitting in there, he, he's virtually in tears, you know, un- unconsolable. So he knows what's what's happened there, and um, he knows he's possibly going to miss, well, three games from next Saturday, which I think one of them will be the cup final. Yeah. So it's it's um, you know semi final or final I think in, in in two of the three games so you know he he'll be really gutted about that but I'm just, I'm afraid that's football. Well, Matt, the job isn't done for Sheppy as they still want to win that title and they want to win the cups as well. But the first part is completed and now they can start planning for the Eastman League, can't they? Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, you've got Juan Mafula uh, who's who's played Conference South and maybe had a bit of Conference National when he was with Dartford. So. You know, but they've got goal scorers. Interesting to see what they can. They'll keep the same squad, but a fantastic season for them. Only two defeats in 34. We thought they would be up there, um, and them and Chatham have absolutely dominated the division. So, and I think it probably will go to the um, final game of the season. Chatham probably going to do it because their goal limit is considerably better. But yeah, really, a really good thing. We mentioned Sheppey. I didn't really know much about them before we were this podcast. You've been there a few times. And what a good lot of support they've had. They've had that great win against Welling last season. Yeah, a club on the up. And I'm sure they're only going to get um, better better crowds. Um, and a club that probably deserves it. I'm trying to think when they were last at this level. So thinking about all my time in Kevin football, uh, I can't really think of it them being sort of in that sort of division. They probably have been. But yeah, really good. And I look forward to their supporters. I'm sure they'll enjoy it. And they completed their aim was to get promotion in it. In a, in a division that we expect them to be promoted in. Yeah, it's an interesting story, really, because obviously the the it was uh, the the club was was on its knees, Sheppey United, and then they had a merger with Sheerness East, and they were a couple of divisions below where they are now. Uh, so it's been a fantastic rise. You know, they've built up the stadium. It's obviously a nice stadium, a nice three G pitch surface there as well. And I think that that they've made great strides on and off the pitch, haven't they? And you know. We knew that them and Chatham would probably be the teams to beat this season. It's proven to be that way. And they've just ground out results. As I said to Ernie there, it was far from a classic on Saturday. I made really hard work of it, especially in the first half, on a very, very sandy pitch, to be fair to them. And then a moment of quality from Richie Hamill got got them going. And then they, they just clinched it. They saw the game out. And that's what they've done this season. I don't necessarily think... They've been brilliant every week, but they've got the results. And, and I think it's a real opportunity for them to, to to build now because, you know, they've got up to the Eastman League Southeast, which is where they wanted to be. And and we've seen how teams have done going up from that division. There's no reason why they can't have a, a, a decent season next season. But it's going to be a really tough league again, the Eastman League Southeast, isn't it? Oh, I think, yeah, if we, it is a tough division. You're probably going to get rid of Hastings. So, and sides coming down, we'll try and... Um, get back up there just to see what those sides will be yeah but I think Sheffield you look at their results I think they've, they've won a lot of games last sort of 10 minutes like they did on Tuesday as well they've sort of you know soak up the pressure then get the goal from where they um, want it to be yeah, yeah I think it's you know they lost Dan Bradshaw a couple of years ago and they've replaced his goals yeah I think it's a, it's a good season what they expected would it be a bit like Corinthian where they keep with the side and learn the league and he battens, you know, he knows what, you know, he's an experienced man. He knows his things. As he said, they're always watching games of football, always watching teams. So I'm sure he's got an eye on a few players. And then a few players will want to play for, for Sheppey as well for with the, with the facilities they've got. So I think I did see a tweet, actually. They're, they're a bit inside of what they go. They 
analyse games. I think off the field, they're quite a professional outfit. And I think a lot of clubs, could, a lot of players could be attracted to join them. So, um, and again, there's plenty of sides in the Eastman South East Division there uh, for players to pick up on. It'll be interesting to see how they get on, but I, I'm sure they'll be easily cope, be able to cope in the league above. And maybe they're, they're, maybe they're on the rise, but uh, yeah, really pleased for them. And as we expected, I think there's no real surprises. We expected Sheppey and Chatham to do it and they're going to do it. Yeah, and I enjoyed that interview with Ernie as well there. And obviously, uh, the incident towards the end with, with the red card, it, it was all a little bit unnecessary, to be honest. But they kind of learned because they, they've paid the price there, or, or Helga Roma's played the price, because he's going to miss some big games of football. And, and no player wants to get involved in in that sort of situation, do they? And, and, and it was very, very frustrating for, what, for him. What, what was the incident then, John? What happened then? Well, so... the. Um, the Russell substitute, Charlie Clover, had already been booked. I think he got booked for um, mouthing off to the ref- to the assistant referee, actually. Uh, and then there was a, a an aerial challenge with the goalkeeper, um, Adam Malloy, and he's, he's gone up. Um, I've heard the word elbowed mentioned from where I was, and I was at that end of the pitch, pretty much level with the incident. It didn't look like it was an, an elbow, um, but Adam Malloy's gone down, and the players of Sheppey United have... have surrounded the player and the Russell's players have come in as well and, and and it was a lot of pushing and shoving and and just a bit unnecessary really and, and the referee oh, I thought did quite a had quite a good game he, he did quite well throughout but he had absolutely no idea who what had gone on who should have been sent off who should have been booked or whatever personally it probably could have resulted in three or four red cards as it was it was just the two um but it, I guess it does show as I said to only there that the togetherness in their team but you don't want to see that on a football pitch, do you? No, again, you could, he'll come out of it, as he said, that, you know, the togetherness, the players always, like, like brothers, um, trying to sort it out. A um, um, bit of frustration from both parts of it, I would have thought. But, yeah, disappointing uh, to see that. And he'll you know, miss the cup final, which must be really disappointing for him as well. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm all for a little bit of aggression, but it's got to be the right time and the right place. Yes, and that possibly wasn't it. Uh, as I said there, uh, they could still get more than 100 points and not win the league. Uh, they are currently top of the table, but Chatham do now have a game in hand. Uh, and technically, Chatham could still be caught by Glebe. So despite their 2-1 win uh, over Fisher on Saturday, uh, in which they brought up their 100th goal of the league season, uh, they still need another win, uh, Chatham. They play Punjab United this weekend, and, and I think that they want to secure their promotion first. And then we can worry about the title race. Just to go through it again, um, the top team will be promoted automatically. The second place team will be promoted on points per game. Or 99.99999% sure. I, I think we can probably say 100% sure now after the points uh, that they've picked up over the weekend. So it looks like both of those teams are going to be promoted. And as we've said, uh, well deserved. Just Chatham, as we say, need to make sure that they can get over the line. I was going to say, Chatham, the weekend, great of 692. Are they at home this Saturday as well? No, they're away this Saturday. So, But I'm sure... The longer it goes on, they'll be getting really good crowds again. So, um, yeah, again, another bit like Sheppey, another club who's um, on the up. They've invested wisely with a bit of experience um, and they're reaping their rewards. Yeah, I'm just looking actually, Matt, at the fixtures for the final day of the season. Uh, Chatham are away to Erith Town and Sheppey United are home to Tower Hamlets. If it goes all the way, do you think they'll have a helicopter to try and take the trophy between uh, Erith and Sheppey? Or, or will it be Dean from the scaffold in his car? Well, I don't know what car Dean drives. He might have a nice, you know, might have a nice big car. But I think, yeah, Dean could be uh, 
busy there. So who's who's got uh, Tamrin's last game? Sheffield United. What chances from goals there? You would think Could so. Could be one of those you? things as well, isn't it? And they've got 20 goals to make up, so I don't think Tamrin's are that bad. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I suppose these teams now. Will Sheppey right try and score as many? Well, I presume that as they do, try and score as many goals as they can. But I don't think you're going to make up that amount of goals, are you, in in five games or four games, whatever's left? No, absolutely not. Of course, he's still tight at the bottom of the table as well, uh, with the two from three scenario. Probably now one from two, as Lauter picked up four points from two games this week to move level on points with Rustle, who does still have a game in hand. Rustle, of course, beaten by Sheppey on Saturday, and after the game, I spoke to their manager Jimmy Anderson as well. Yeah, like obviously I thought we were well in the game today. Um, they may argue their case that that officials didn't didn't I don't know decisions didn't go their way throughout the game. I felt like we we should have got a deserved penalty in the first half with a clear handball um, at the time. And then obviously, personally, we felt at half time that we had the better chances in the first half. I feel like we made them work really hard for that victory. Uh, it was a wonder strike out of nowhere in the game uh, and sometimes I, I can remember the last time you were here against Tunbridge Wells that was a wonder strike it, what won it that game so, so yeah it was a wonder strike and then a mix up in my defence what unfortunately it's a 2-0 but we, we we don't feel hard done by in there we feel a little bit like gutted in a way because we feel like we deserve something out of the game so. For the team third from bottom though to, yeah. to compete the way you did against the team in second that's, you've got to be pleased with that you can take something into the rest of the season Yeah hopefully hopefully like I have no doubt we're, we're definitely staying in this league. Um, they're, they're a good side, Sheppey. Uh, we've matched them today. Um, and their quality has shined through at the end. Um, what it's ha- it has done all season, do you know what I mean? So hats off to them. They'll probably get promoted. It's looking like them and Chatham. Um, and rightly so. I feel like we're definitely staying in the league. I'm confident in saying that. Um, we gave ourselves a good account of ourselves today um, against a very good side. You said to me twice already that you're going to stay in this league. Obviously, it's, it's yeah. three from two, but or two from three. But then there is also the fact that points per game could keep one of you up. But I guess yeah. all, you're not worried about that. You just want no. to finish their bottom. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's that was the aim at the start of the season. It's never been achieved at Rustall. Um They've always they've stayed up, but it's kind of because of points per game before. So it's happened. Look. If points per game come into play, then we'll take it. But I'm not going to say I don't want to. But from my point of view, I want to get as many points as we can on the ball. We've got K-Sports next week and we're already working towards that. Today was not like a prep for it, but it kind of is. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone who turns up today and everyone coming away from here isn't surprised that Sheppey won. Um, it would have been a huge shock and Twitter and social media would have gone mad, Jerry, if we if we turned up and beat them. Uh, but it could have happened. We, we held our... We can hold our heads up higher. I suppose you could say anything out today would have been a bonus. Yeah, 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 definitely. We knew, we felt as a group that Lords would probably close the gap to a point. We felt like they're in in a bit of form compared to uh, Tower Hamlets. Um, That probably, no disrespect, probably puts Tower Hamlets down with the games they've got got coming up. and yeah, being between us and, and Lordswood, they've got a good run of games. We've got a good run of games. Anyone can beat anyone on the day in this league, so here's what it is. Have you got a point to take in mind, or are you just going to... As many as possible. As many as possible. <laughs> um, 100 games in charge. Did, did, yeah. What, what an achievement at this level of football. Yes, yeah, it's, it's nice, Like um, especially with this season, being down there, um, for the club to stick with me, uh, the committee, the supporters, they're seeing me off the pitch at the end. Um, I, I love it. I, I enjoy it. I hope... I hope there's many more games to come. Um, it's great for me. My family's here watching a game today, so they've come down. 
it's my daughter's first game to, to see today. She's only two. So, so yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great occasion. Obviously, we've lost. But look, there's there's a lot of positives from today. And I suppose, obviously, you've had a couple of interrupted seasons as well. So it's a credit yeah. to you that you've stuck with it as well. Because it must have been difficult mentally at times when you've gone through having two seasons and not finished Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, when we were in step six and we were we were pushing for promotion, we've lost a lot of players like... Like Jefferson, who plays for Sheppey, he was a star man for me um, in the league below. They've come in and taken him, fair enough. They can offer him more money than I can. He's part and parcel of the game. Um, Ash, Ashley Shepherd, he didn't get off the bench today, but he's he's been taken from me. Noddy was before. So we, we've lost Danny Lear to here from Belvedere. We've lost loads of players. So we've had to rebuild throughout the whole season. Uh, it's funny because me and my secretary were talking yesterday and we were, we've gone for 42 players this season. And we were like, blimey, that seems like a lot. Um, but Sheppy and Chatham have done the same they've played about 42 so then we thought oh maybe it's not a lot um, when you look at Lordswood and we look at Welling who've done about 70 to 80 players so it's just it's weird like hopefully the plan is to stay up and, and yeah we go again and then I suppose if you do manage to start you want to have a settled squad next season and not be using 40 players yeah that's, just... that's the plan that's the plan like look if we stay up or go down my, my vision is I'm staying here uh, as long as the club want me um, we've been successful in the league below. We don't want to go back to the league below with the crowd we have here. But yeah, and just finally, K Sports next weekend. Yeah, you know they've had their off the field issues as well. So look, they'll they still be good. They'll yeah. still be good. You can't underestimate any team at this level. They will still be good. Um, and like then we got Welling as well on Monday night at Chatham's ground because obviously their ground where their ground sharing is uh, there's an issue there with floodlight issues. So yeah, we got two games on the bounce pretty quickly. What's great because we need the points. Well, a nice milestone for him, Matt, to get to 100 games. And I thought his side gave a pretty good account of themselves. And as I said there, their battle isn't games against Sheppey. It's the rest of the fixtures to come, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. We had Lordswood on last week. They seem pretty confident they get out of it. You've got Rustle pretty confident they're going to get out of it as well. So, um, yeah, and I think it's a good thing. You know, he said that he's always happy to stay. He's done a good job, 100 games. I know he's been punctuated by... Um, Covid, uh, it was always going to be a bit of a difficult season for them this year. They had the big win, didn't they, against Tunbridge, which uh, uh, which they really enjoyed. But again, I think it's the games now. What can they do? It Lords would look the for the team in form. Um, again, that could go down right to the wire as well. So, but yeah, a good interview for them from there. I seem to think if he would go down, he's going to start up and try and get them back up as well. So the club. Um, clearly, you know, are not going to run before they can walk. So, but I think they would be disappointed if they went down. Um, but it, it could be it's going to if the title's going to the wire. This the uh, relegation fighters as well. Yes, and at the moment it does look like uh, twenty points, as things stand, would be enough to be reprieved uh, for really? the second from bottom. So all of this could be for it, absolutely nothing. There so. must be some really bad teams in the other leagues then. Well, I think there are. I think there are some teams knocking about. Um, who are obviously finding it difficult to uh, to keep going, but it is all it's on. So it's on points per game, uh, and 0.606 points per game is what Lords would currently have. Uh, there are teams on 0.424 per game. Uh, there's another one 0.278 per game. You know, so there are some is some there, teams who've had a, really tough seasons. Tells you all this, John. It's all it's on the non-league. If you search non-league projections, uh, I have tweeted it out at some point, um, but it is basically, it's got the full, I've, in front of me, I've got a document, the sort of spreadsheet that would bring you 
joy it's got all sorts of different colors for reprieves and promoted and and everything like that and it's 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 quite something but it is suggesting at the moment that the there would that the current points hall of lords would would be enough to keep them up uh, because i think it was what did we say six out of ten uh, teams will be relegated so that they're they're in with a good shout of, of of doing it they've just got a if, probably if they lose, if they both lose every game, it might still be a struggle. But you, you, they've got to be in with a chance, surely. Yeah, I, I would have thought they w- they would be okay, but I don't know which way it's going to go, John. Because speaking to both sorts of bets and managers, they seem confident. But Lords would look the team in four. But you were impressed with Rustle. You thought they had something about them. Yeah, well, I mean, I saw them. Obviously, I saw them beat. But uh, beat Tunbridge Wells earlier in the season, and I thought they had some good players then. And they didn't show a lot of invention. They, they didn't really look like they were they were going to go forward and score lots of goals. But they did have a couple of half chances. They just kind of snapped it or the ball just didn't fall for them properly. Um, but they just defended really well and, and they kept Sheppy very quiet. And, and that's a that's an impressive thing to do against a team who, who play like they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they had scored, John, would you have felt that they'd had enough to hold them at bay? I think, or... It's a good question. Um, I want to say yes, but I, uh, yeah, I would I would say that it probably wouldn't happen. Uh, I think if if they'd if they'd scored, it would have been a completely different different game. But it was you know it was, it was one of those. It, it wasn't a classic. It wasn't one that we'll look back on in years to come and think, oh, that was the greatest game of football we ever saw. But Russell gave a good account of themselves. Sheffield United got the result they wanted, and I think Russell can take heart from the way they played. It, it gives them something to build on ahead of their games uh, to, to, to go. And as we, as we heard there, a manager is hugely confident that they're going to stay up. He said that two, three times. Well, I've got no doubt we're going to stay up. I've got no doubt we're going to stay up. So, you know, hopefully they can both stay up. But if they don't, we will see what happens. Uh, let's look at the other results in the Scaffold Premier Division. On Saturday, K-Sports beaten 2-1 at Crowborough. Alex Smith scored a last gasp winner as Deal Town beat Holmesdale. Irith and Belvedere beat Canterbury City 3-1. Punjab United 2-1 winners at Irith Town. Glebe beat Beerstead 3 0. Tommy Giles came from 2 0 down to get a point at Hollands and Blair. Lords would beat Tower Hamlets 2 0 and Wellingtown beat Kennington 2 1. Uh, then on Monday, it ended 3 3 between Wellingtown and Punjab United. Before on Tuesday, as we've heard, Sheppey won 2 1 at Crowborough. Glebe drew 1 1 with Deal and Lords would pegged back by a last-minute goal from Matt Gething as Tunbridge Wells and a 1-1 draw. This weekend, Canterbury City at home to Crowborough Athletic. It's Irith and Belvedere against Bearsted. Fisher take on Hollands and Blair. Glebe are at home to Lordswood. So a tough one for Lordswood in their battle against the drop there. It's Kennington against Irith Town. K Sports at home to Rustle. Punjab United take on Chatham Town, as we've already mentioned. It's Sheppey United against Deal Town. Uh, Tower Hamlets against Tunbridge Wells and Wellingtown against Holmesdale. Then on Monday night, uh, Wellingtown against Rustle, a game which is being played uh, at Chatham because there's some issues with the floodlights at Wellingtown's ground. So they also played there on Monday night as well. Uh, then on Tuesday night, second leg of the Challenge Cup semi-final between Glebe and Crowborough and the league game between Hollands and Blair and Punjab. And then on Wednesday, Sutton and Sheppey play their Challenge Cup semi-final second leg. Let's move over quickly uh, to the Combined Counties League, uh, where Beckenham missed the chance to go top of the Premier Division South table with a 3-1 loss at Collier's Wood on Wednesday night. Having strengthened their position on Saturday with a 3-0 win at Badshot Lee, uh, they are at home to next to bottom Banson on Saturday before their much-talked-about trip to Jersey next midweek. I just hope, Matt, but the volume of games and travelling that they're having to do at the moment doesn't start to catch up with them a little bit. How many games have they got left to play? They've got seven left to play. I suppose, yeah, it could be. Um, again, 
no real time for respite. You're playing games, no chance for training. So let's hope they've got enough. They're still top of the league, are they? No, they're second. They they could have gone top if they'd won on Wednesday, but they they are second. But they've got two games in hand on the team above them, so it's all still in their hands. Yeah, yeah. But as I say, I just worry they've been playing Saturday, Tuesday, or Saturday, Wednesday for for a few weeks now, and it's obviously going to continue for for a little while to come. And and you know, with this projected stuff with Jersey and everything as well, it's I, I just worry. I, I, you know, I, I think Beckham have been brilliant this season, and they would fully deserve to get promoted. But you just kind of look at all the games they've got left to play. And, you know, when you get to this stage of the season, it's better to have the games in hand or the points on the board. I think you want to have, you probably want to have a bit of both. I think they'd like to be sort of, they wouldn't mind having one game in hand, but they've got two games in hand, even though they're only two points behind. I I think it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. But again, they're not used to losing football matches. So that'll be a bit of a blow yesterday, losing that game after the results I've had recently. But, you think the, the the crucial games next week when they play Jersey, you would have thought there may be a little, I don't know, a little bit of bad blood between the two teams or what they've had before, but they'll have to go there. That's the big game. If they can win that, that will probably give them the confidence to go on and win the league. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Stansfeld four points clear at the top of the schedule first division after they won at Stablehurst on Saturday. While Sutton were held at home by Tooting Beck. Sutton Athletic, though, they won 5-1 on Wednesday. But the title is still very much in the hands of Stansfeld. And we should also mention Larkfield and New Hyde. They were on quite a run that's taken them up to third. They're just three points behind Sutton Athletic. And now they're looking good for a playoff spot. And, and let's remember, one directly up, then the next four in the playoffs. So that could be a, a, a really interesting end to the season. Yeah, I've seen that. They've got a bit of a real run, Larkfield and uh, New Hyde. Sutton Athletic, you'd have thought from there. But Stansfield stands full in blind position. How many games they play here? 38 as well, is it? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. seven games to go. Stansfield, point, four points clear with a game in hand. You think it's going to be them. Still quite tight. Tooting Beck could get in there. Croydon as well. But hopefully, um, Larkfield and Hyde, Snodland Town, one of the top two as well. Yeah, interesting division, this one. Um, and I'm interested to see how they get on next season, these sides, when they go into the scaffold as well. So, um, yeah, interesting. Interesting time. Starting Athletics score a lot of goals as well. 93 goals. Looks like another side's going to score over 100 this season in the scaffold. Uh, all the rest of the fixtures from the First Division are on the Scaffold website. So do have a quick quick look at them and uh, and see who you think is going to make it into the playoffs coming into the season. Uh, into the Isma League now. And our second interview comes from a friend of the show, Neil Smith, who is back in the dugout at Hayes Lane as well, having taken charge of Cray Wanderers. His first game at the weekend ended in defeat, but the former Bromley boss is hopeful of keeping Cray up, which, as he told Matt, is his very first objective. Yeah, it caught me by surprise. You know, I've been doing a bit of uh, radio commentary as, you know, we've, we've met each other yeah. at Dover Game, Dover Aldershot, and um, literally going to local games, travelling up and down, just, just, just watching, and then I got a call, um, blimey, last... Tuesday night, just saying, would you come in and help us out? We've got six games to go. And, um, you know, I thought Gary and uh, the guys that own and run Cray have been brilliant to me during this year. And uh, I thought it was the least I could do to try and help them out. You're saying there, is it just to the end of the season or is it going on to next season as well? Well, we'll get through this season and see and see where we're at. Um, they've got, you know, as I say, they've got a great project with um, hopefully a new stadium and everything else. So, you know, the priority is actually trying to keep them up um, and, and, and then we'll have a chat and see where we are after that. Yeah, you're looking at the, you had your first game on Saturday, unfortunately a defeat against Kingstonian, but looking at the Cray side, you know a lot of the players that Cray have got, which um, must help you going into a club. 
Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen him a few times, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that it's pretty pretty much similar to to our Saturday. You know, they had a lot of possession, or say we had a lot of possession. Uh, had far more chances, didn't take them. They probably had two chances, and um, you know, took both of them. And but other than that, you know, between the eighteen yard boxes, we, you know, we were a better team. But I think that's been the story of Cray's season so far. So it's something that we've got to try and. Uh, adjust and, and stop because obviously we've got a massive game against Leverhead on, on Saturday. Yeah, looking at the, the stats are great. They score a lot of goals, but unfortunately they concede a lot as well. What, what's the main thing you're going to be working on? <laughs> you just said it, defensive. Yeah. You know, you, you, if, if, you, if you, you you can score a load of goals, you know, if you keep, keep it tight the other end, sometimes, you know, you, more often than not, you're going to win. But um, if you can keep a clean sheet at the back, you know you're going the worst you're going to get is a draw. So it's something that... In sh- such a short space of time, you know, I've had uh, two training sessions with them, and you know, there's not a lot you can really do with the boys. You know, we've only, you know, now five games to go. You got, you can't put too much in their head. It, it, it'll just be spinning with everything that's happened anyway. So you just try and give them little um, pointers on what you want and how you want them to do it. But uh, as I say, in such a, such a short space of time, you just got to try and, you know, keep their confidence going. Yeah, the fixtures you've got included the two bottom sides as well, so gives you a chance. I think there's only two going down, but there might be an issue with yeah. points per game, which John's the expert on that. But I think you, if you finish third from bottom, you should be okay. You think, isn't it? it it's, it's really weird, you know. I, I, all this was explained to me after I agreed. You know, you've got all right, bottom two, and then the third out, the, the worst third out the four divisions, and this is that. And I was just like, whoa, forget about that. Just. Let's just worry about ourselves. Hopefully, we're not in that position. But if we are, then you can tell me how the workings of it happened. But um, yeah, we, it, it's one extreme to the other. I think we've got the, the teams that are you know just below us, and then I think the three games are, are all like second, third, and fourth yeah, or something like that in the division. Yeah. So yeah, there's you know Kingstonians were the only mid-table team that we had in that sort of setup. It was either one or the other. So yeah, of course you highlight those games, but we don't want to win any. Uh, don't want to lose any. Sorry, you know you want to you want to be up there and. I'm testing yourself against the best, but even last night, you know, it just shows you that no matter what division you're in or what, what league you're in or where you are in tables, if you don't perform, someone's going to beat you. Mm. So, that, I suppose you're a busy week as well. You brought a few players in before the transfer deadline as well, so you were busy on your phone, were you? Yeah, well, again, you know, I got told very late that, you know, you got until Thursday, five o'clock to bring in any players and you're like, oh, I've got 24 hours <laughs> and... Everybody else in your divisions and, you know, from Conference National down want to keep their squads because they can't add to it once the deadline's, that, you know, over with. So it was really, really difficult. We managed to bring in Max Huxter, obviously, who I knew from Bromley. Um, young goalkeeper, Tom Bolowinra, who was at Sutton. Sort of him, don't know what, what he's been doing in the last year, but, you know, you hope with someone with that quality can just produce when you need it. And, um and Jed Smith, who, who I think was at Dartford for a little while, and then at Seven Oaks Town, that was recommended to me. And you, you know, you had to find players who were available. Mm. So that, from that, the game's going to say big game against Leatherhead this weekend. Going back at it, you've been linked with quite a few jobs um, since you, you finished the Bromley about a year ago. Was there any sort of um, any meat on the bones that you thought about going close into going into clubs? Uh, there was a couple that I'd, I'd been mentioned for that I, you know I've not applied for any sort of job so you know everyone that was sort of interested was phoning me um, I turned a couple down um, didn't think they were right for me at the time 
you know, with things going on, you know, personally, and, you know, probably a couple I've missed out on, but it's really weird, you know, the one thing, it's, it's just taught you that, you know, sometimes when people say, oh, you're the favourite for something, it, you're not, you know, there's other, there's other workings that are going on, and someone's just started a gossip or a rumour, um, but yeah, no, there, there was some I was in for, some I wasn't, some I'd spoken to, some I hadn't, um, and, you know, that's just the nature of football. Uh, and yourself, you say you've been watching a lot of games over the last year or so. Is that just to pick up um, knowledge on players and how teams are playing? Absolutely. You know, different formations, how people go about it. You know, Hakan's been brilliant. You know, I went down to Maidstone for a few days, watched their training sessions, see what they're doing. Um, and, and, you know, the one thing that's come out of it is the amount of people that have invited us in. So, you know, from right from Brentford in the Premiership, I went went back doors, see 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 how they've got to where they were. You know, I was playing with them when they were really struggling in the leagues to where they are now in the Premiership. You wouldn't have dreamed of it when they were at Griffin Park to where they are now. But you know, you just see how clubs run, how managers and coaches do what they want to do, and obviously, you know, you try and get a better knowledge of player that might be available depending on what division you might be in. I suppose it's nothing better than being in a dugout. Though you enjoyed it on Saturday, did you? Oh, I loved it. I, it just meant I could shout. You know, when I'm at home, I'm getting shouted at. You know, all of a sudden, I can, I can shout at people. No, it was it was great. And, uh, you know, it was really weird because after a year, I didn't think I'd be going back to Bromley and going in the home changing room. So, you know, that was a bit of a, a weird one, um, going back there again. But, again, the Cray supporters were brilliant. And, and so were the Bromley ones that turned out to, you know, basically say thanks for my time there because I never got to say goodbye to them. It was done all very, very quickly. And, um you know, shoved out the back door sort of thing to be able to appreciate the supporters was uh, amazing. Yeah, talking about Bromley, before we end the final question, big game for them this weekend. You took them to Wembley. I thought you were, you know, as a Bromley fan and as a Bromley person, you'd have to see them back there, wouldn't you? Oh, of course, you know. I've, listen, what, they, they'll do it. You know, they're, they're playing York, they're at home, it's only over one leg, you know, whereas we had two legs to, for ours, so it was, you know, it was a very, very tough situation They've got a great squad of players, you know, many of them, many of them that I still know, obviously, and speak to and, you know, wish them all the best. And I, I, I generally mean that because the supporters deserve another trip to Wembley, nothing else. Uh, nice to hear from Neil there, Matt. But I, I think the big takeaway from that is it's it's only a short term thing until the end of the season for now. Yeah, um, of course, we, we've heard him, saw him linked to numerous jobs before. Um, we heard Welling, Woking. Um, Places like that. Um, clearly, he's gone into Cray. From what I get from that, John, I think we still don't know what the ground situation is. But if if he can keep them up, and it's probably in his in their own hands with the sides they've got to play, he's Stoic and Leatherhead. They should. Would they be able to keep him for next season? I would have thought that the chairman would hopefully think they would, because you probably wouldn't rid of Grant, get rid of Grant Bassey, only have a manager for five for five games. And then look for another manager. So yeah, it's a coup. It's a real coup, I think, to get Neil Smith. Um, he's got a lot of players he's worked with before. They've just got to try and grind out those results a little bit. As he said, score a lot of goals, but they can see them. So they've got to be a little bit tight defensively and see where they go from there. But yeah, it's it's a coup. But from what I gather from there, John, if he, if he keeps them up, he might take it. If he doesn't, he might walk away. I don't really think if uh, from that you didn't really think he'd, he'd be staying from that. Did you think from the interview? I think he's just saying he, he waiting to see. I, I enjoyed it when he said it just meant I could shout at the weekend, and, <laughs> and I think he's obviously missed it. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, he a manager like Neil Smith doesn't want to be in the Isthmian League South East, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I, I, I get the feeling that he, he's invested in the project in the projects there. Uh, he's had obviously had really productive conversations with the chairman, and, and I'm sure that you know if if he keeps him up, which I'm, I'm almost certain he's going to, then I, I'm sure that they'll be able to sit down and come to some sort of agreement. And, you know, we've seen with Cray Wanderers, obviously they did so well under Tony Russell. This season's been a bit of a disaster. I don't think, Matt, we've ever had three managers from the same club on this show in one season, but we've managed that with Cray Wanderers. Yeah. And But there is obviously a bit of backing there. You know, they, they've got a nice place to play football at the moment as well with a nice 3G pitch and people will get behind them. As he said there, Bromley fans came along to, to see him and wish him well uh, at the weekend. And I think if they can get the bit of investment that they need, then Neil Smith would be an absolute no-brainer for, for them from their point of view. It's, it's just... You know, but I suppose in in some ways, is Neil Smith put himself in the shop window? If they have a brilliant end to the season, beat all these teams at the top that they've got to play, then are there going to be teams higher up looking, thinking, well, I've forgotten a bit about him, but look, he's got his mojo back. I I don't know. Yeah, again, it's probably a win-win situation for for all parties. If he keeps them up, good for that. And it also shows that Neil Smith, you know, has got the hunger to do a job, be it Cray or elsewhere. But and again, and I think it's it's a smart move because you think about it, you know, he's so popular with the Bromley supporters. A lot of Bromley supporters went to watch them against Cray. So extra extra bodies through the gate. Um, and as he said, I think some of the social media posts have been, if you're a Bromley fan, more than welcome to keep coming along and, and supporting Neil and Cray. Absolutely. Obviously, it's difficult for him to bring in players uh, at, at first. But I, I think, you, like you say, that there's some players there that he knows. So I'm sure he'll be... Uh, He'll be pretty happy uh, with his lot. And then obviously, as he said there, and as you said there, big, big game on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, if they win that game at Leatherhead, they could, they could be up to 18th and that would be massive for them. Uh, it, it should, As we say, it should be enough anyway with with where they are. But if they lose that game, then they could be right back in it. So it's, it's, it's a big game for Cray Wanderers, that one, uh, against the Leatherhead side who have also improved uh, in recent weeks. So it's, it's going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, well, they aren't very good at home, are they? Only one, uh, there's seven wins, only one of them have been at home. So I'm sure Neil Smith will be drumming it into them that you know, they can't win at home. If we go there, play to their abilities, I'm sure they'll have enough to beat them. And for these direct to play as well, it's, it's in their own hands. And as he said, he'll worry about the uh, where's, whys and whereabouts of points per game if they need it. But he doesn't want to worry about that by getting results on the pitch. Yeah, and he did also mention something there about uh, if you score goals, you've you've not got to concede too many. Uh, and we'll talk about that later on, shall we, mate? Um, anyway, uh, folks in Victor are having a bit of a uh, a bit of a blip as well. Uh, three league defeats in a row for them. They've dropped out of the top five, beaten at home by Lewis, their rivals for that final playoff spot uh, on Saturday. And then they lost again at Horsham uh, for the second time in a week on Tuesday night. Alarm bells ringing for, for, for Neil Cugley, especially because the team in seventh, Chess Hunts, two games in hand on them, five points behind, and they're top of the form table. There's a little bit of concern for folks in Victor, isn't there? Yeah, is, is it? How many in the playoffs on this one? Is it top five? Two to fifth, isn't it? Yeah, two to five. Yeah, so that is, I, I thought it was, yeah, Lewis, we know all about from the managerial team, Tony Russell from there. Yeah, it is a bit of a concern. And I go on Fortress Cheriton Road. It's not happening, is it? Lost two in the, um, from there. The Lewis game was a big defeat for them. But Neil Cudley's seen it all before. 
Um, at one stage, we thought they were going to win the league, didn't we? They were, they were marching clear at the top. It's just a little bit of a blip. Maybe all the games, the cup competitions, maybe just working against them at the moment. But they've just got to try and get that back. Big game against Margate over Easter as well. So, yeah, a little bit concerned from folks. But I'm sure their supporters are pretty vocal. will be trying to get to them. But, yeah, sick to the back seat of um, back seat of Horsham, I think folks in the it would be anyway as well. Yeah, they also got a big game on Saturday because they're away to second place Bishop Stortford, uh, who are, are still maybe keeping some kind of dreams of catching Worthing, but also that they need to they want to secure their playoff spot as quickly as they can. So uh, that's not going to be an easy one for folks. It's probably not the sort of game you want when you're in the run of form they are. No, I, th- I think Neil Cugley's team probably it's good that they're playing somebody like Bishop Stortford who probably got something to play on it as well. They haven't got anybody who's in the middle of the table to free will but I think yeah they've got to go there they've got to get a result but Dave Smith's banging in the goals out of use if they need their big players to come to the party there massive game for Folkestone because you know come out of this they could be three points outside outside it all with only what four games to go so um, yeah interesting times ahead for Folkestone Yes, uh, bad week for Margate as well. They've lost, now lost four in their last five league games. They're beaten 4-1 at Bognor Regis on Saturday. Uh, and then they lost 2-0 at Lewis on Tuesday night. Uh, just the end of the season for Margate. And I'm sure they're already planning for next year. Obviously, they've got that cup final in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, that's pretty much all they've got to the worry cup about. Final, mate. Cup, yes. cup final as well. That's more, you know, if you offer the Margate, you know, the problems they've had over which they should get. And a cup, they'd probably take their hands off. And they're still in the Kent Senior Cup as well, so they could get. I don't know when those games are going to be played, but they could look on for a cup, a cup double if they can, because I'm sure Jay Saunders will be uh, playing his um, full strength side against Darfur when they play that. Yes, into the Isthmian League Southeast uh, now, where the title race could be over on Saturday uh, after Ashford were held uh, on Ch- on this weekend by Chichester City and the Hastings Machine just rolls on and on and on. They're now 14 points clear. Uh, Hastings and after Saturday there will only be uh, four games left for them to play so it, it goes without saying that it's, it's it's pretty they're almost there they probably just need a solitary point but if Ashford slip up on Saturday or Hastings get a result themselves they're at home uh, to someone they should be beating I'm quite sure oh, no, they're at home to Hayward Teeth so not the easiest game but a, a win for them I think they're planning on getting a record league attendance in there and the title race will be over and, and it kind of has been for a while so it's now just who's going to be best of the rest uh, and there's still three Kent teams in the playoff places in Ashford, Cray Valley and Ramsgate with Herne Bay just outside and Hayward Teeth spoiling the party. But what about Sittingbourne, Matt? Uh, they're only six just, points. Um, they're only six, six points. The league table there, yeah. So 51 seventh place. I think he's done a really good job, Darren Blackman. The players in, they've lost a few players as well. But I think a fantastic season for them. Um, could gate crash it, the form they're in. Five games to go, win all five, you might get in the playoffs. So, They'll be still hoping that other teams slip up. But yeah, fantastic. And a cracking goal they scored against Ramsgate in the week, I saw as well, in the, on Saturday. So yeah, you know, don't score many goals, but I don't concede many either. So I think he's done a really good job there. So, And I think, again, progress can be made uh, to look forward to next season if they don't get in the playoffs this season. Yes, of course. And of course, with Sheppey coming up as well, uh, I'm sure if they don't get promoted, that will be the silver lining that they get to play uh, that derby match. So the results on Saturday, uh, Ashford 2, Chichester City 2. Chichester came from 2-0 down in that one. Corinthian beaten at home uh, by Burgess Hill. If they'd won that one, they'd be dead level with Sittingbourne as well. We might still be talking about them uh, making a push for the playoffs. 
Faversham beat Three Bridges 3-1. Whitswell Town, Andy Drury's first game ended in a 2-0 defeat at Hayward Heath. Cray Valley won the game, the battle of the playoff uh, contenders as they won 2-1 at Herne Bay. Uh, VCD Athletic held to a 1-1 draw at Lansing. Uh, it was Phoenix Sports nil, Hythe Town nil. Uh, as we've just mentioned, Ramsgate beaten 1-0 at home by Sittingbourne. And Seven Oaks grabbed a vital win for their battle uh, as well. They were 1-0 winners at Whitehawker. Looking at the bottom of the table, Matt, it's looking pretty bleak for Whitstable now. Nine points adrift. Uh, yeah, they have got six games to play, but they need to turn it around and they need to turn it around quickly, don't they? Yeah, again, Hayward Street are down to 10 men as well in that game for the majority of the second half. They still couldn't hang on Whitstable. Confidence is probably an issue. And Drew, I think he's got two home games on the spin now. They've got to start winning. Um, he's brought in Scott Doe um, from high uh, to bolster the defence a little bit, get a little of experience there, but it's it's going to be tough for them, I have to say, um, from that, because they're on a terrible run of form. Um, nine points, it's, it's going to, they need to win all their games, probably, and when you've won six games out of 32, it's going to be tough, but Andy Jury, as I said, he's a football man, um, he knows what he's doing, and he'll pick up some results. Yeah, there was also a game on Tuesday night, Whitehawk won, uh, Faversham Town won. This weekend, uh, Herne Bay travels to Burgess Hill, Corinthian go to Chichester, it's Cray Valley against Ramsgate, that's another big game. Uh, High Town at home to Lansing, 15th against 17th, Seven, Seven Oaks against Faversham, uh, Three Bridges against Phoenix Sports, it's VCD against Ashford and Whitstable are at home to Whitehawk and Whitstable at home again uh, on Tuesday at home to Chichester. If they win both of those games, Matt, we'll be having a completely different conversation this time next week, won't we? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, completely. They get that, that extra bit of confidence of where they're going. They can do it, but nothing. They need six points out of that game. And I have to say as well, Cray Valley against Ramsgate, massive game. Ramsgate have hit a bit of a skid recently, haven't they? Um, mm. So not the right time to have that little bit of blip. So they'll be looking to get that. Or Herne Bay will be looking to uh, exploit that. And also, got some Canterbury are going to be sharing their ground next season. It's been announced this evening. Where's that? Sorry, you, you cut out for a bit there. So uh, Canterbury um, will be showing Wood, uh, City Boards Woodstock Park next season. Will they? Well, getting further and further away from uh, <laughs> from, from their yeah, home. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Good luck to them. I hope it works out for them. And uh, yeah, I hope the pitch uh, stands up to that as well. Yeah, exactly. But we shall see uh, how that one pans out. Let's move into the National League then, uh, where Bromley were pegged back late on by Wildstone. It was a doubly painful moment for our next guest. Luke Coulson had come on as a first-half substitute, but an ankle injury late on forced him off. And with his side down to 10 men as they'd used all their subs, Wilson got their equaliser. I spoke to Luke earlier in the week, starting by asking him about that injury, and then looking ahead to Saturday's big FA Trophy semi-final clash. It's early days on, on knowing the actual extent of the damage, but the early signs have been quite positive in regards to um, the swelling and the bruising. Um, definitely some lig- ligament damage by the looks of it, but we're, we're waiting to see on a, on a timeline. Uh, what happened? How, how did you get hurt? Um, I was actually just stopping across it uh, towards the byline, um, but unfortunately my the momentum of my run and the combination of the, the, the ball hitting my foot basically took my ankle under underneath my body, so my, my whole body weight kind of uh, went over my ankle, um, meaning I uh, extended all the ligaments. 
and how bad was it for you as, as a player to, to have to go off injured and then your team be down to 10 men and, and, and concede a late equaliser like that? Yeah, I was trying to the video actually about it. You know, we were both sat there and we just, you, you almost have a, a feeling of guilt initially. Um, it, it's one of those things that unfortunately we, we made three subs. You know, nobody, and I in fact came on for an injured player. So, there's, you know, there's nothing that can be done but the initial feeling is, is of guilt that you've let the team down. But these things happen and unfortunately it happened to us on the day. It's been a, a bit of a tough run in the league of late, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. I mean, anybody can look at the fixtures and know that we've actually we played some top teams, some real difficult games such as Wrexham and, and Halifax and, and teams like Southend and Torquay and Yeovil that maybe just because of the how good the league is this year are probably teams, you know, would look at them as mid-table teams when in the past they've actually been up, up near the playoffs. So, um We've, we've had a tough run of games, um, but you know the the squad we united uh, with the, with the staff, and um, hopefully a win in the FA Trophy semi final will kind of spur us on uh, in the league as well. That was where I was going to head next. I mean, everybody must be really excited for the game on Saturday against York. Yeah, yeah, obviously there's a, there's a, there's a real buzz about the place. Um, you know, from from fans to families. Um, unfortunately, won't, you know, won't be involved, but be there to support the boys all the way. And, and fingers crossed, we can get another trip to Wembley, which is obviously the end goal. Uh, and I suppose you personally being injured, are, are you a good watcher or do you, do you hate it? Oh, I think everyone hates it. Um, but it's, it's just about being there for the team. Uh, you know, that's the main thing. And uh, the little bits of advice that you can give or something that you see from the sidelines or whether it's just being about the boys, whether we're losing or winning... You know, to be there to give confidence or, or motivate. So, um, yeah, it's uh, you know everyone everyone is not on the pitch still plays an integral role, and I'll, and I'll look to do the same. I suppose when the draw was made, York were probably the team that everybody wanted to play because you're in a lower league. But you can't take them lightly, can you? No, definitely. I think that's what everyone said initially. The fact that, the fact that they beat Dagenham kind of speaks volumes, and they actually, you know, I was looking them up myself, and they, they went on a great run of form in the league as well. Uh, winning four out of five around that time. So, um, no, absolutely. Uh, Wrexham Stockport will be a, a very interesting game in itself. Um, but, yeah, um, like you said, I think uh, you run the risk of doing that, um, you know, by taking any team lightly in the competition. What does it mean to a non league player to, to get to Wembley? I was actually chatting to my dad about it. You know, it's, it's, it's been one of those kind of. Moments that I think as a, as a young footballer you dream about and uh, especially on an early path um, in the academy system and unfortunately if you do drop down to the, the non-leagues then you know there's actually less chance of ever getting there. Um, so it's uh, it, it's huge, absolutely huge. But I, I wouldn't like to compare but it's probably even more important to, to non-league players because it is such a, such a dream um, to get there and maybe once in a lifetime. Looking at the playoffs, are you still confident? Is is there still a belief everywhere that you're going to turn it round and get in there? Yeah, absolutely. I think the fixtures and games in hand are really in our favour. Um, having looked at other teams' fixtures, and uh, I think there's there's one or two teams that uh, um, form have, as of lately hasn't been as good due to injuries and stuff earlier in the season. So uh, you know, there's plenty of points. Left, left up for grabs and, and we're still confident that we can uh, we can go on a run like we did last year and, and make the playoffs. 
And of course, last year was was Andy Woodman's first sort of time in charge, and he and he really took you on a good run. How have you found playing under him? It seems to me like he's done a brilliant job with it with the squad. Yeah, no, he has. I think Neil Smith set us up in a great position in regards to the squad, and then Andy came in and, and kind of took us another step forward uh, in in regards to you know the league position and kind of just galvanising us. Um, and so, and sometimes a change. You know whether that's new players or manager can can ultimately have that positive effect on the on the team. So um, you know making the playoffs last year was was hugely important for the squad. Um, and again, you know the squad has stayed relatively the same this year, bar one or two additions who who have been hugely important. Uh, and I've got us into another great position. So uh, fingers crossed we can do that again with another with another great run. It's an exciting time to be at Bromley, isn't it? Because obviously, the, you know, you've got young players coming through as well. You've got an exciting team. You're, you're, you're well established now as one of the top teams in the National League. It, it must be great being at Hayes Lane. Yeah, no. I, I mean, when I joined the club oh, three and a half years, four years ago now, um, that was always the, the end goal uh, to take us forward from being a, a, a mid-table team, which probably were kind of renowned at being. Um, and like you say, in the last few years, we've, we've really kind of established ourselves uh, as being a playoff team and, and probably still uh, unappreciated a little bit in regards to the size of other clubs and the money. And, you know, at the start of this year, we probably weren't getting mentioned about being in the playoffs again. Um, and hopefully, in the, you know, in years to come, it will be the same and uh, if not better, getting promoted. And just finally, on, on the gaffer again, what, what sort of manager is he? I've spoke to him a couple of times. He, he seems like the sort of bloke who, who could motivate you, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. He's a, he's a very, very honest manager, which I think everyone appreciates. You you know where you stand at all times. And I, and I think as a manager, that's, that's hugely important. Um, and I think that, like you've mentioned there, the run of form that we went on last year is a testament to, to him. Um, you know, and like I said, hopefully he, he can do that again for us with this final running. And obviously, earlier in the season, he was linked with somewhere else. Well, what's that like as a player when your manager is there's question marks over your manager? Do, do you think about it, or, or was he just honest with you all the way through? I mean, it's a constant talking point in the change room. Of course, it is I'm speculating and uh, what is this and what is that, but you don't really hear that much as as as, as far as players are concerned. You know, you're, you're protected from from those elements by the fact that the the manager will relay what information he deems as important, as will the chairman. So uh, we were always kept in the loop uh, every week in regards to what was happening. And uh, so we always knew where we stood. Um, and again, that's kind of testament to his honesty. A real shame for, for Luke to be injured, to miss the semi-final as well, Matt. But it seems to me from speaking to him that confidence is still really high in that Bromley camp, despite this, this funk they're in. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one, really. I can't see the pinpoint of where it's sort of gone wrong since um, he turned down the Gillingham job, which we were led to believe that the results have not been the case. They've still got the players, um, no real injury problems. They've brought a few players in. Maybe the squad's gone a little bit unsettled. But look at the league table. They're not the, the most prolific goal scorers, probably. I think over the last couple of seasons, they have been scoring a lot of goals. Um, they don't concede many again but not scoring too many. So, yeah, it's it's an unfortunate blip. But if they win on Saturday and get to Wembley, I don't know they've been there recently. If you're a long-term Bromley fan and not a new Bromley fan, getting to Wembley again 
and miss and finish in top 10 in the National League, you'd probably take. Maybe the new Bromley fans expect them to get in the playoffs and get promoted. But as we've seen before in this division, that is easier said than done. So um, it'd be tough against York. They'll bring down plenty of fans there to support them. So it's a tough game from there. But the form in the Cups has been good. They beat Solio in the previous round. Solio on a real run of form in the National League. So, yeah, difficult one. Phil for Luke Coulson, good player on his day, makes them tick. Um, he had a good start to the season, but he disappointed with his injury. Um, let's hope he can get back. But they've still got games in hand, Bromley, but the sides above them are running into form, which may be a concern that they're going to miss out in the playoffs. And a genuine affection, I thought, for, for the job that Andy Woodman's done there. And, and, and how he said, you know, he was honest with us all the way through. When there was something that we needed to be told, we were told. And I get that. I get that from Andy Woodman. I, I, I get the feeling. I've spoken to him a couple of times. He's not the sort of man who, who will be dishonest. I think he's he's a cards on the table sort of fellow. And, and I think that that has worked in their favour. And, and I wonder what cards are on the table at the moment because that they're not playing well in the league. But you say about Wembley and getting to Wembley. If they get to Wembley this weekend, that will just give them a massive, massive boost in it. And everything they do, the feel-good factor will be back. And then hopefully that can spur them on in the league as well. Yeah, you could yeah, you could utilise that. You got to Wembley, you've got that in the back uh, in your back pocket, and then you can win some games. They've got games in hand. If they win the games in hand, they could they will get into the they will go into the right position in the league for them, I think, shouldn't it? Look at it, yes. Um so yeah, they've just got to pick up some results. I haven't seen what their fixtures have they got left to play. So look in here. Got fixtures. They've got Kings Lynn on Tuesday. Well, you expect to beat that. Dagenham, Eastleigh, big game against. They've got some big games. Games you expect winnable and games against sides around them in the playoffs as well. So, probably look at those fixtures. It's in their own hands. So, but they need to find a little bit of form from somewhere. Starting against York will give them that momentum. And, and, and of course, the thing is with York is. They've been a football league club recently, but they will be desperate. Well, they've always been a football league club, really, until what the last ten years or so. They'll be desperate, absolutely desperate, to to give their fans a nice day out. They're they're back at they're at a new stadium now. You know they they've been in the doldrums for for far too long, and it's certainly not a game that Bromley can afford to take lightly, is it? If you'd offered them, them they probably want to get promoted rather than a trip to Wembley, but. It adds something to the club as well. Maybe it gets the fans on board. I think they've had a lot of problems with the fans and the ownership there and with the new ground. I don't think it's gone down too well with some of the supporters. So, yeah, but they're, they're in good form. And as I say, they've got a decent manager. So it's not going to be a, a walk in the park. And they, they run at Dagenham in the previous round, as he said there. So, as I say, it's the easiest draw of the two, but you've got to make sure it's not a banana skin. Absolutely. Yeah. Elsewhere in the National League, um, well, I don't really know what to say. I was sat minding my own business at Rustall and then I looked on my phone and Dover Athletic were leading by five goals to two at promotion chasing Wrexham. Uh, I quickly got my phone out and I texted my learned colleague and I said to him, what's going on? And he sent back, we're going to lose 7-5. You, you weren't far off, Matt, but um, have you ever known anything like it? Uh, no, I was I was mowing the lawn. Um... Oh, and uh, and I wasn't listening to the game. And then I saw it was 2 all, And I thought, oh, I'll put the radio on and listen to the commentary. And then my daughter ran down. It's 5-2. We're winning 5-2. But again, having seen us this season and, and the inability to hold out. And if you look at the stats, the last 15 minutes of games, 
we could, they were conceded a lot of goals. And all I'll say is, yeah, some people said it was a brave performance, but if you can, if you concede, or if you score five goals and don't win a game, there's problems. And I'll leave it at that. Yes, uh, all I've got written down for the National League fixtures this week is Kings Lynn, uh, Dover at home to Kings Lynn uh, on Saturday. I'm sure there'll be a warm welcome afforded uh, to everybody from Kings Lynn at Crabble uh, and then Bromley travel to Kings Lynn uh, on Tuesday night. And that leaves us with the National League South, Matt, which is still an absolutely fascinating division. And, and Maidstone United, 96th minute winner uh, to beat St Albans 3-2 on Saturday and go four points clear at the top with with seven games to play. I say uh, that, that's a great result for them, and that could be a, a moment in their season, couldn't it? When you see things like that happen, when it was two, you were two 0 up, pick back the two all, and the results went your way with Dorking drawing. Um, yeah, did I think they? I just think they're in the pole position now. A couple of weeks ago, I was saying I think it was Dorkins to lose. They've sort of had a bit of a blip now, and Maidstone can win. I think I think they've won ten or eleven consecutive league games at home. And again, I'm sure the fans play a massive part in that. It's drawing them over the line. and They've turned Gallagher into an absolute fortress. And I think looking at their fixtures as well, it seems they've got to play at home. I think they'll be quietly confident they get, can get this going. A massive game when they play Dartford over Easter. Um, but they're in pole position now. And now, now you just, it's just managing the games, managing where you are. So they can even, of course, the one thing, the gap they've got is they can afford to lose a game now and they're still going to be OK. And that, that four points is absolutely crucial. And it's amazing, as I said before, Maystone, when they got relegated from the National League, um, were in the doldrums. A couple of years later, they've managed to get the love back for the club and the supporters. And this is where they are. And they could be heading back to the National League and, and they'll be a better club for the issues they've had over the last three years. So, yeah. I'm delighted for Oliver Ash because he's such a nice guy and that's what he's inve- why he's invested into the club and they're doing so well. So as a, I'll always go back to saying when I saw them in November when they were booed off against Slough, if I'd have said to you at the beginning of April there'd be four points clear at the top, you'd have put me in a loony asylum. But shows what a good job Hakan Aretti's done in that position since then. Now, look at you getting all hopeful about teams getting relegated from the National League and coming no, back no, stronger. Exactly. Bless your little exactly. cottons, mate. Um, no, <laughs> When Dover conceded in the 96th minute and then Maidstone scored, I just thought it was right. You know, from a Dover, going back to Dover, from a Dover point, it's a horrid season, but it will get better and there will be times that Dover score in the 96th going from there and Maidstone have come out the other side, haven't they? And you know, when, when they appointed Harry Wheeler and it all went wrong and the fans were against everything as well, um, you know, and the board were... You know, they're under a little bit of pressure as well from some of the supporters. They've hung in there, invested wisely, given it to Hakan Aretin, um, a serial winner, as he said on this programme before. And at the moment, it's working in their favour. Um, and I know it will be tough if they get promoted to the National League. That's the league you want to be in. And you will be getting regular gates of 3,000, which can only help with their budget as well. 
Yes, uh, Dartford ground out a 1-0 win at Hampton Richmond. Ebbsfleet United uh, drew 1-1 with Dorking Wanderers. Those two still looking set for the playoffs. Dartford may have ambitions still uh, of, of getting up the very, very top, but we shall see uh, if that's too late for them. Uh, trouble down the bottom, though. Uh, Billericay's 2-2 draw at Hammond Waterloo will tip them off the bottom, and they were replaced by Welling, who didn't play. Uh, meanwhile, Tunbridge Angels lost 4-3 at Hemel Hempstead. And uh, look at the bottom of that table, Matt, and... and you can still see the the concerns. I I, I just look at uh, the form of Chelmsford and I just think that's surely going to help Welling out. And Welling have just got to uh, grind grind out a few more results and they hopefully might be okay. But uh, not the best weekend to not be playing. I would suggest for Warren Feeney. No, looking at the results going there, Chelmsford on a right slide from there. Welling against Tunbridge on Saturday, isn't it? A wing for Tunbridge probably thinks right they're going to be okay. A win for Welling. Brings Tunbridge Angels back into it. I know Tunbridge have got a game in hand. Um, Which is on Tuesday at, at Hampton Richmond. Another big game, yeah. So, um, Warren Feeney, I presume he'll, he'll be working with the players. Three training sessions in it, get as much as he can into the players and see it from there. Arguably, that's the biggest game in Kent this weekend. Tunbridge Angels against Welling. If Tunbridge Angels, you know, isn't it? One side can get themselves probably away from the relegation zone, while a side who's bottom can drag those side in. So a massive game there. Um, interesting to see what Warren Feeney's done. And Steve McKim, he'd be distraught losing the last minute against Hampton, but he seems pretty confident he's decided to get out of it. We're just lucky only one's going down here, John, because we'd be panicking if it was four. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Tunbridge Daniels do actually play Chelmsford City as well on uh, a week on Saturday. So that's a big game uh, too. Yeah. This weekend, though, it's... in their own hands then, clearly, isn't it? They know, they know what they're going to do. Exactly. This weekend, Ebbsfleet United at home to Hungerford, uh, Maidstone at home to Havenham or Toulouville. It's Oxford City against Dartford. And as we've just said, Tunbridge Angels take on Welling. While on Tuesday night, Hampton Richmond against Tunbridge Angels. There's one more thing I want to go back to quickly, actually. I, I had a, someone text me uh, last week saying that if the team who's third from bottom in the Isthmian League has to go into the playoffs, who will they play? And I thought that was an excellent question. So again, I've got the spreadsheet in front of me. You're going to like this, Matt. I'm sure you're going to like this. So as things stand, the six teams who would be in the playoffs from the relegation side are Sheffield, Histon, Kempston Rovers, Cinderford Town, Tooting and Mitcham and Hullbridge Sports. The teams, uh, Essex, they're Essex way, they're in the Eastman League North. Uh, the teams who they would be up against are Concerts, Skelmersdale, Eccles Hill United, Boldmere St. Michael's, Stansted and Mousehole. Now, uh, the question was put to me, how will that be decided? And I think it will be when they're all, when all the leagues are finished and they know who the six teams are, then they will draw up these fixtures. Uh, they, they've said it would be a geographically close one. Um, so hypothetically, uh, were the team in the Eastman League Southeast to, to drop into that bottom lot um, and maybe let's say Cinderford were to change out of it. There is a possibility that Mousehole of the Western League Premier Division could be the destination for that playoff game because all the other teams in the southeast are, are going straight up. There's going to be two up from the combined counties north, two up from the combined counties south, two up from the uh, the Sussex League, the Sussex Southern Combination, and two up from the Scaffold. So. There is a possibility that someone is going to get absolutely stitched with a mammoth drip in a playoff game. I mean, it's it's, it's quite 
Well, I mean, even as it is at the moment. Is this, is this drawn out for the home teams or will it be around before? So I think the team from the lower league will be at home. But I mean, oh. even at the moment, it, looking without our Kent hat on, um, you've got three very northern teams in there in Concert, Skelmersdale and Eccles Hill. And the only team in the north who would be in the playoffs from the league above is Sheffield. So there is a possibility that Skelmersdale could be travelling to Histon or something like that. This could be quite interesting, and and I hope that not a single Kent team is involved in this because it could be the biggest farce since the uh, elimination playoff where I went to watch Ashford in a game they could have won and not got promoted. Interesting, but yeah, come on, come on the Kent side, win some matches so you don't have to travel the length and breadth of the country probably on a bank holiday weekend as well. Mm, absolutely we'll keep an eye on that anyway uh, and i will tweet out these uh these projections again because they are a good read uh anything else going on in in gerard well did you have any snow today uh, I, I, i've started reading a new book and it's it's the secret footballer but a non-league footballer all right any ideas I who I've it is worked out, I, I think i've worked out who it is okay um it's a northern based player and he's still oh, playing yeah. so I thought I've found the author of the book online and I right. thought about texting and asking if it was. So um, they're quite an interesting read about just about non-league and how he's been in the non-league game and how much he owns, earn, earns how he gets paid and bonuses and things. And they're just a, just a gentle read. That's what I've um, picked up from there. Apart from that, what else have we been? Uh, did did you have any soon? snow? Did you have any snow today? Uh, we had a bit of snow uh, this morning. Um, very, very cold down here. I think we're Same. We due a little bit more snow, I think, tonight, I think. What about yourself? Yeah, we had a little bit earlier on. I don't know if there's any more coming now, uh, but it's bit, it's it's gone bitterly cold again, hasn't it? Yeah. And, and you know, the wind is all whipping up and everything, so you're just kind of uh, stuck there in, in, in that sort of situation. Um, I actually went away uh, on Wednesday night, which is why uh, we're not coming to you until Thursday. Um, just nipped over. I had this thing. I bought it bloody years ago on... Uh, on, on travel zoo just for a night away in the new forest and um we yeah. kept getting cancelled and coveted off and everything and in the end it expired today so we had to use it and we were able to fit it in uh to go away last night a very nice part of the country actually the the new forest and we had a we had a nice time we had a cracking meal we had one of those um meals where you go and you cook the meat yourself you know they bring oh, out yeah. the hot stones oh it was really we've had, we've done it once before and we, and we were like oh it's all right this one was proper lovely it was really really nice so i really enjoyed that how long did it for the new forest for you then? Only a couple of hours actually. We we I think we got there. We left quite early yesterday. We left at half ten. We were there, um, sort of half twelve, one o'clock. And then today we we left very very early this morning. We were back home by half past eleven. So it was um, it was nice. It was nice little getaway. Nice to see somewhere different. Uh, and really enjoyed ourselves. So that was that was. Well, nice. That's it. be your last break now, is it? Will it be? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just uh, we're, we're busy weekends, but we've got a little few quieter um, midweeks. But I've got all the other work as well, so I don't uh, know yes. if we'll be able to next fit anything else in. So. Must be Champions League next week, is it? Champions League, Europa League next week. So yeah, plenty going on uh, next week. We'll have a chat off the record, off the <laughs> off the record in a minute, mate. Um, also, right. of course, um, the really sad news at the weekend: the passing of Taylor Hawkins. Uh, the drummer from the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters, an amazing band who I absolutely love. And I still maintain uh, that Taylor Hawkins is responsible for the greatest moment in rock music video history, uh, which is at the end of the video for Everlong, um, when he, I think he's dressed as an old woman as well, but he's lying in bed and then he sits up and he's at his drum kit. So do try and find that moment out. Uh, 
shocking news really really sad um and seeing the performance that he put in uh in the in his final concert he, he just looks so full of life uh and then two days later that goes and happens uh much like Shane Warne uh another absolute legend taken far too soon in 2022 I watched a bit of the um Shane Warne memorial thing and that was very emotional so yeah really sad things but um, yeah a, a really you know a lovely send off for him with some of the things that are and what his family said about Shane Well, I know Lady at Work's massive fan of Foo Fighters and she was really upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know if it's me, but a lot of people have around the sort of our age are dying. So I know it's a bit strange, it's a bit morbid, isn't it? But, um, it is a bit, yeah. Well, I mean, I think they do say, don't they? Because it's all kind of started, uh, was it, what, 2017 when David Bowie died and then yeah. uh, loads, like Alan Whitman and loads of other people died in a short space of time. And there was an article on the BBC's website that said, are more famous people dying? And it was like, well, not necessarily. It's just that there are more famous people. Yeah. And it's a bit like this thing at the moment whereby um, they keep stopping football matches because there's a medical emergency in the crowd. Those sorts of things have always happened. They just haven't stopped the matches for them. Yeah. And that's where and that's where it's all coming from. So it's not as if like there is a massive problem uh, starting here, there, and everywhere. It is just genuinely that it, we're more aware of it. And I think that's uh, that's that's kind of the yeah, big I think thing. That's probably, you're more aware of things like you know the older you get, unfortunately. Yes, absolutely. Right. Anyway, uh, on that cheerful note, we better wrap yeah. this one up. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Do uh, give us a follow uh, and we'll, uh, well, we'll try and come up with some half decent content for you. How about that? Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Thanks, of course, uh, to all four of our guests. Uh, congratulations again uh, to Sheffield United. Uh, first team promoted. Chatham, uh, hopefully, from their point of view, will follow them uh, this weekend. Uh, I'm probably going to go to a game on Saturday. I've got no idea where yet, but uh, I, I've got. I think I've got a pass. So just a, a matter of actually deciding on a on a venue. I mean, the petrol's gone down five p a litre now, so I should be all right to get. Uh, <laughs> To, to, to afford to go somewhere um, but we shall see uh, what happens but of course thank you everybody for listening to this week's show and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast so so cold at the moment John I think I, I've had to put my shorts away which I wore at the weekend I'm very disappointed about that